Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed to be cured. As the day was drawing to a close, the twelve approached him and said, Dismiss the crowd, so they can go to the surrounding villages and farms, and find lodging and provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. He said to them, Give them some food yourselves. They replied, Five loaves and two fish are all we have, unless we ourselves go and buy food for all these people. Now the men there numbered about five thousand. Then he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about fifty. They did so, and made them all sit down. Then taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing over them, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. They all ate and were satisfied. And when the leftover fragments were picked up, they filled twelve wicker baskets. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. Today, the stars kind of align with our readings, the solemnity we celebrate, and also the fact that we celebrate Father's Day. In that, the readings for this Corpus Christi Sunday in Cycle C focus on the priesthood, focus on the, Eucharistic, or the priesthood's Eucharistic nature and its essential element. And that is important because, well, as a priest, one is a father. And so there's this deep connection between fatherhood and the Eucharist that we see tied together in today's readings. In our first reading, we see that Melchizedek, the type of all of the eternal priesthood of Christ himself, is the one who is lifted up, the priest of Salem, the, prin- the priest of peace, the king of peace. And it is in Melchizedek that we see the foreshadowing of Christ's priesthood, which does not pass away. The one eternal high priest and whom all other priests of the Catholic Church get to participate, that I myself get to participate in. And then we see in our second reading, our second reading we see those words of institution, which you hear myself or another priest utter each and every week or each and every day on the, at the altar. This is my body. This is my blood. And then we see in our gospel, in our gospel we see Jesus feed the 5,000. A father provides for his children, and our Lord provides for all of his children, the 5,000, the crowd of 5,000, that are starving, that are hungry, that are in need. You see, whenever it comes to the Eucharist, it is the central element of our faith. The Second Vatican Council said that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. That is, the Eucharist is what we are ultimately to be all about. It is that which we, towards, we, towards which we work, but then also it is from which we draw the strength to do the work that the Lord has entrusted to us. The Eucharist, is, as the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, continues to be the Lord's living presence among us. Then the tabernacle and when he is made present on the altar, the same Christ who walked the earth 5,000 years ago, or 2,000 years ago, fed the 5,000 in today's gospel, hung upon the cross, and was resurrected from the dead. Is the same one who comes to us on this altar each and every week. It is the same Christ, the same Lord, and that is how he continues to dwell among us. 
and he cannot dwell among you, he cannot dwell among us, except through the utterance, the words, the hands of a priest. It is only through the priest that the Eucharist continues to be provided for God's people. Continues to be that Jesus continues to offer himself for you on that altar. Continues to offer himself for you in Holy Communion. And continues to make himself ready, present for you in the tabernacle. That is the way in which the Lord has chosen to work. And it is a humbling thing. Because we are meant as priests, as Bishop Fulton Sheen so beautifully put it in his book, The Priest is Not His Own, that whenever I utter those words, this is my body, given up for you, yes, of course, I state those words, not as Father Jerry, but as Jesus Christ. As Jesus Christ at the Last Supper, I utter those words. But at the same time, he points out that those words are also meant to be taken personally for the priest himself. Take this, all of you, this is my body, which is given up for you. That my life is meant to be given up for you. Just as Jesus said that he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. So am I supposed to also be. Now, granted, I am a poor human example of that model laid out for me. But nonetheless, that is what a priest is called to. That is what a priest is. And so beyond just simply being kind of this degree of separation, the priesthood does not exist without the Eucharist. And one can even say that given on Holy Thursday, Jesus established the priesthood and the Eucharist on the same night, that one, each one was meant for the other. One cannot exist without the other. And that he desired for it to be so intimately linked to draw more people to himself. And I think this is an important element to where we can draw then in for fathers, and for me especially as a spiritual father. That on that night, wherever Jesus asked his apostles to become priests, to become guardians of the Eucharist, it is also the night on which he then tells them to ultimately teach others about the Lord. So often I think when we think of priesthood or fatherhood, we forget that fatherhood, parenthood in general, involves great struggle. How many fathers have to deny their children what they think they want? How many fathers have to say the hard thing to their children? How many fathers have to accept even harsh words, perhaps even ones that are rather difficult for them to hear from the lips of their own children without acquiescing and budging any ground? It is that truth that then too is taken into the priesthood. Because I think whenever, you know, perhaps even before Mass as an example, people think, does he think we're stupid? Does he think we're idiots? Does he think we don't know what we're doing whenever it comes to receiving our Lord? But if Scripture teaches us anything throughout, it's that we forget. And I think it's a primary task of the Father to remind to remind people what we're about, to remind his family what they're doing, why they're doing it. Because I think so often we forget. Look at Exodus, the story of Exodus. The people again and again, the Israelites, say, we want to go back to Egypt. 
We want to have the vegetables and the leeks. I don't even know what leeks are. I want to have them. I want to go back to Egypt and have that stuff. We're tired of this man. We're tired of this. And again and again, Moses has to remind them, remember in Egypt you were slaves. You were worked to the bone. You had to go gather straw from the far corners of the desert to do your job. And we're going to the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. Oh yeah, that's right. And we too, again and again, have to be reminded what it is we receive. The Eucharist is Jesus' true body, his true blood, his body, blood, soul, and divinity. His abiding presence among us. And it's easy for each of us to forget. There's even like this convicting line that Pope Benedict has in one of his homilies on the Eucharist. Where he talks about, you know, as a priest, it's easy to become kind of indifferent. You walk across the sanctuary and just kind of give a little head bow as you're passing by instead of doing the full genuflection. Because you've gotten used to it. I walk back, I've walked through here so often, do I really have to do that? There's that temptation that always remains for us. But then also that temptation can creep in for you. The temptation to just treat the Eucharist like anything else. Mass just like anything else. But it's not. It is not just anything. It is not something you have a right to. It is not something you're just simply to expect. The Eucharist is the greatest gift we receive in this life. Jesus in the Eucharist is the most precious thing. So precious that whenever you receive him in a worthy manner, that is, not in a state of mortal sin, you become a walking tabernacle. He remains present within your body, within your soul, for 15 minutes after you receive him in Holy Communion. That is why it's so sad to me to see people simply walk out the door right after Communion. Talk to him. He's literally within you. He wants to have that conversation with you. He doesn't want to be treated as something that's just consumed and then forgotten and moved on. It's not fast food. We need to remember this again and again. And this is why I remind you again and again. Why do I talk about the Eucharist so much? Because it's the source and summit of the Christian life. It is the most important thing. And lest we forget that, we are no longer a people. We are no longer God's people. We're just a social club. But we're so much more than that. At the offertory, yes, we sing a hymn. But most primarily, you are invited to put your heart on that altar. As I often say, I don't want butts in the pew, I want hearts on the altar. I want you to put your heart on the altar because I want to offer your heart to the Lord at that time. Because what happens then? It's the most amazing exchange. He asked for your heart, he asked for my heart. We offer it. And then with the words of institution, this is my body, this is my blood. He gives his son. 
The Father on this Father's Day gives you his Son, the heart of his Son, the most sacred heart of Jesus, in the Blessed Sacrament. We give our hearts with varying degrees of love, with varying degrees of brokenness, and he gives us everything in return, the gift of the Son. That is what happens here at Mass. And that's why I just don't want people to come. I want them to know and to experience and to offer themselves as it happens. To be people on fire with love for our Lord. In this most august sacrament that I have the privilege, the honor of offering. The Lord gives us everything. He provides for us in an even more powerful way than he does when he feeds the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. He gives you more than that. He does something more amazing than that miracle, each and every Mass. Never forget that. Never cease to pray for your priest. We are unworthy vessels. We are. But we have been set aside, chosen by the Lord nonetheless. No matter who it is. No matter the personality. No matter the given level of charisma or likability. A priest is a priest. And the Eucharist will always be the Eucharist will always be Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, the fullness of love given to you, to me, and a tiny white host. The God who created everything comes to dwell in the most seemingly insignificant of objects in the Eucharist. Do not overlook this gift. Do not take it for granted. But instead, express gratitude on this day, on this feast of Corpus Christi, which the Lord continues to work in our hearts, continues to work in his church, not through us, but instead through his Son who has been given to us in the Most Holy Eucharist.